An expert explains employers and reference-based pricing. David Contorno's latest thinking. Relentlessly seeking value. Reference-based pricing, the way that most employee benefit consultants use the term anyway, refers to a methodology used by employers to pay providers for services. Usually we're talking within a fee-for-service FFS environment here. The way it typically works, there are different flavors, but how it typically works is this. Reference-based pricing means that an employer starts with some reference-based price. Many times it's the Medicare rate. Medicare will pay X dollars for something. The employer, and when I say employer, I mean the vendor slash company the employer is using to run this whole thing mainly. But the employer will decide that they're willing to pay some percent over the Medicare rate to providers who render that service to the employee. Maybe it's 10% over the Medicare rate or 20% to 50% as David Contorno talks about today. One of the biggest pushbacks against RBP schemes has been that it results in balance bills for employees. Meaning that an employee goes to the hospital, the employer decides to pay some RBP amount for that service to the hospital, but the hospital hasn't necessarily agreed to accept that amount. There's no contract in place. So the hospital decides to bill whatever the charge master rate is, which, as we all know, is redonkulous, and the employee gets a giant out-of-network balance bill. For the most part, this doesn't have to happen if you do it right, and David Contorno discusses all of this and more on today's An Expert Explains. My name is Stacey Richter. This podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. We talked about reference-based pricing the last time that you were on the show. Mm -hmm. What does good reference-based pricing look like these days? Is there anything that you're doing differently in the past couple of years? Yes. The first is we are trying to make reference-based pricing be the last stop in our payment methodologies. And there are multiple payment methodologies that we subscribe to in our plans, but the one that we don't do is the one that 97% of care is utilizing today, which is a discount off of a bill charge methodology. But we have other methodologies that make a lot more sense, like just give me a price. You know, you have a fair price. Tell me what it is. Let me look at your quality and we'll send people to you. So that's one way. We also do a lot of direct contracting. Sometimes those contracts are based on a multiple of Medicare. Sometimes they're based on a multiple of cost. But it's getting upfront agreement from a provider or a health system that they'll agree to this these sets of terms. And what I want people to know is we can make hospitals' lives and providers' lives a heck of a lot better, not just quality of life and career, but financially as well. In these contracts, this is not about us taking advantage of the local health systems. We want to be collaborative, although I'll tell you that some of their thinking is dysfunctional and sometimes we have to push kind of hard to get them to understand logic. So what we've done is we've incentivized care for members of our plans by completely eliminating out-of-pockets to providers that give us an upfront fair price and we can validate their quality. And when we send them there, the employer looks like a hero because the employee is paying nothing for that service and the member's getting better care. So there's much higher likelihood of them getting back to work faster without further complications. And typically the provider is more profitable on that money. They don't have to collect anything from the patient, which they often write off. We're making their lives better too. But reference-based pricing comes into play only when they're not transparent in pricing, and or they weren't willing to do a direct contract, then reference-based pricing applies. But even then, we use a reference-based pricing vendor that charges a per employee per month, not a percentage of the, the bill charge or a percentage of the savings, because that's a perverse incentive. 
and then we pay a very fair multiple of Medicare. So for those that don't understand Medicare, the government does set pricing in Medicare, but generally speaking, they set it as a multiple of cost. So for every doctor, hospital, provider that participates with Medicare, they're required to submit their costs to the government. And when they do so, the government takes those costs and on average, they mark it up between three and 6%. Yes, there are some items that the hospital loses money on, but it averages out to a three to 6% markup. We typically mark that up an additional 20 to 50 percent. They're getting already a three to six percent markup of cost that we're then marking up another 20 to 50 percent, depending on the, the place of service. So when they cry poor or unfair, it's really they're either just giving a line of you know what or they don't understand their own finances. But the reason we get so little pushback in our reference-based pricing model is because we're paying the reference-based pricing vendor a lot less than some of the other ones out there and using some of that savings to pay doctors and hospitals more. Surprise, surprise, when you pay them a higher reimbursement, more people accept it right off the bat without even any pushback. So we've really not eliminated, but minimized the noise around reference-based pricing, which is largely the balance bill issue. But I want to point out, For everyone on this who's listening to this that has a traditional plan, you're getting what we view as balance bills all the time. They don't call them balance bills. They call them surprise bills. And there's been attempts at legislation to fix this. But a surprise bill in a traditional plan occurs when you ensure that your doctor is in the network and your surgeon is in the network and your hospital is in the network. But surprise, surprise, the anesthesiologist that you had no choice of doesn't take any insurance at all. And they do this with intent the anesthesiologist and the radiologist. And all of a sudden you get this completely uncovered bill or an out of network bill that's subject to a much, much higher out of pocket and you're, you're stuck. And if you call the carrier, they're going to say, sorry, you went out of network. I, I don't want to tell you. In our model, we never tell the, the patient that. We always take care of that bill. We try and negotiate it as low as possible. And once we've got it to the lowest number possible, then we have the plan pay the additional amount, not the member. So they get more support and more protection, even though it occurs less frequently in our environment than it does the traditional environment. And yet it's the very same thing that employers are afraid of occurring in our environment. The point that you're making is that one of the issues that has been discovered about reference-based pricing, this is a learning that obviously if you're going to go down this path, you want to be working with someone who's learned this lesson and has overcome the challenges. But one of the issues with some of the earlier RBP reference-based pricing rollouts is that the plan pays a bill and then the hospital submits a bigger bill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, the the plan pays what the plan thinks it should pay. And then the hospital goes after the employee for the balance. So what you just described is how that doesn't happen. Correct. Not frequently anyway. Right. But the employer takes it upon themselves then to handle that as opposed to having employees be on the hook for what could be a large sum of money. That's right. And, and let me tell you the dynamic of that so employers understand. What very few people really recognize is that hospitals have multiple revenue streams. I'll give you a few. Cash pricing, Medicare, Medicaid, commercial insurance. Now, commercial insurance is the they bucket Blue Cross, United, Cigna, Aetna all into the same bucket. So if you, if anyone thinks, if you're a self-funded employer and you've been told, switch from Cigna's network to United's network because United has bigger discounts in your area and you think that's going to save you money, I encourage you to go talk to a hospital CFO and ask if they feel carriers pay any differently. Because yeah, they might pay a little less on one thing, but they pay a little more on another. It all balances out. They all pay the same. They all calculate pricing the same. And as a result, the hospitals bucket all the commercial carriers into one bucket called commercial. So here's my question of cash, Medicare, Medicaid, charitable care, and commercial, which is the highest price? 
The answer is commercial. And most people don't know this, that I'm talking after the discount, not the starting price. I'm talking about the ending price that you pay when you show your Blue Cross and Blue Shield card is the highest price paid in healthcare, period. So what I say to employers all the time is let's say this one big bill comes in and I can't negotiate it down any further than what Blue Cross Blue Shield would have paid, which is the highest price the hospitals are used to getting. Here's your choice. You can switch to our model and price on one or two bills a year. By the way, we've never had a client actually have to pay all the way up to that price, but or you can come, you can stay in your model and pay that higher price on every claim. Those are your two choices. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, you know, one of the things that's come out, there's a big New York Times article about this the other day, but the uninsured, <laughs> the cash price for a lot of these services is actually less than the commercial price. So, you know, in, in a certain way, God forbid a hospital charges the, the cash price or balance bills for the cash price. It's probably less than <laughs> less than the price that the, the commercial carriers are paying anyway, you know, so much for their using their market power to negotiate lower prices. David Contorno, thank you so much for being on Relentless Health Value today. Thanks, Stacey. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.